Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am very excited about today's guest. We have Christopher Early on the show. So Chris is the CEO of the Early Law Group. He's got a fascinating story I'm really excited to hear about. And this guy has been doing a lot of really innovative stuff in the personal injury space. Uh, you know, a place to where to say they have a standard playbook is probably an understatement. But thank you so much for coming on the show, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're getting to the point today, 2023, where you have one of the most interesting personal injury sites that I have done in terms of my pre-guest due diligence. And I know this was definitely not built in a day. So let's kind of get started with the beginning, man. How'd you get into personal injury and you know what led you to building the firm that you have today? Well, I appreciate that. So I try to, at my root, be different. And I have a very different story that led me to where I am today. I don't come from a very normal you know, background. There was a lot of adversity, a lot of challenges that are a little unusual. So my backstory, due to its unusual nature, makes me very motivated to give to my family what I couldn't have, right, when I was younger. So there was, you know, I won't get too deep into the weeds, but there was addiction, there was homelessness by by my father. And so I have always tried to create a different path, to try a different path. And I grew up with my mother, it was just me and her, and she really gave me every opportunity to succeed. So I could either take advantage of that or not. I, I, I chose to take advantage. And today I am a very strong presence in my, my kids' lives, strong marriage. And I, I have a family that is, to me, a success. And I try to use my business, the law firm, as a means to fuel my family's stability because I didn't really have a whole lot of that growing up. And so, you know, Jan, I represent normal everyday people who've been involved in accidents, right? But I try to cut against the whole ambulance chaser thing and really be genuine because I have a, a genuine humbling story. And I try to show people in my marketing that I'm not your, your average, you know, personal injury lawyer, right? I, I, my story makes me unique and I try to attract clientele, clients, right? Who can relate to that story. And I use that story to repel those who maybe can't relate to the story. And I find that makes my, the engine hum better and better at work. It attracts the right team members, the right clients. And at the end of the day, Jan, I'm just trying to, you know, give my family everything. And that's sort of the big picture stuff that that's going going on. So I just hit you with a lot. So I hope, hope yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you reminded me of this, uh, this quote I heard from a Zig Ziglar talk. And it was just basically, it was two brothers, you know, one was an alcoholic and he said, you know, I really couldn't help it. My dad was an alcoholic and the other guy was sober, super successful. So like, I couldn't help it. My dad was an alcoholic, but you know, having that, that goal to, to really provide for what you didn't have, it's kind of an interesting thing. And, you know, it's also, I would say pretty non-standard within the attorney community, because I think there's a lot of chest puffing in, uh, in the community at large and people want to say, oh, I'm so buttoned down. I'm so this, I'm so authoritative. I'm such an expert. So it's a really interesting position you've taken. So I'm interested in like, you know, as far as, you know, it's, it's probably tough to tell that story in a billboard, right? So what kind of channels are you getting out there that's allowing you to tell this story and giving you the bandwidth to communicate this to the community? I started using social media. Uh, I was at a conference and I was sitting in my hotel room and I was like, I'm going to put my story out there. I mean, this is crazy, but I'm going to do it. 
And instantly there was, you know, support. Oh my God, Chris, I had no idea. And it was just, it felt good. And it was like, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. And now it's like, I embrace that. And so when I, when you share your story, there's, there's authenticity, there's a genuine, there's, there's just a genuineness. And I get deeper and deeper into that, right? And because, you know, your story is unique. Only you have your story, right? Everyone has their own story. So I would encourage anyone on this call, you know, you're unique. No matter where you come from, you know, what who you are, you're, you have a unique story. So try to differentiate yourself, right? Try to be different from the pack. A lot of lawyers are, you know, we all have our own style. For me, that's not being authentic. To me, that doesn't get me very charged up, right? So I find purpose in helping people. I find purpose in growing the most special offer that I can possibly grow, right? So, you know, we talked about core values briefly before. I'm really into core values you know, hiring people who identify with our core values. And that tends to spill over into the realm of the client because the client see us online and they say, okay, these guys seem okay. Let me, let me call them. And, you know, we have over 500 Google reviews. There's a lot of social, you know, wow. don't, don't just listen to us, see what other people say, right? Because what you say about yourself doesn't matter. It's what other people say. And so this flywheel, right? We try to, I try, my team always tries to move this flywheel of progress and, and advancing forward and trying to, you know, help as many people that are uh, in line, right? With with what we, we think is more, because anyone, you know, you can hire, you know, personal injury, like you could find anyone very quickly, but we try to attract people who are in line with our core values because they tend to be the easier clients, better clients. They tend to refer people like them are also great clients to deal with. So this, this flywheel, right. That I kind of mentioned before, just kind of keeps, keeps growing and just trying to, trying to build something special, do it the right way. You know, um, it's hard work building a firm. It's, it's really law school is really actually nothing compared to this. And I love the challenge. It's, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of hard yeah. work, but I think a lot of lawyers, Jan, you know, a lot of lawyers just do what lawyers do. We don't look outside the, in the outside the legal industry. You can learn so much when you go outside and you see how other businesses, other fields, they conduct business. They run the business. There's so much inspiration out there. So I try to look outside the box, like literally outside the legal space, see what people are doing and weave in my spin on that, right? To try to create a great law firm. But there's so much, you know, as you know, as everyone was calling those, there's so much competition, especially in the PI space. I'm not trying to beat the Yankees. I'm not trying to beat John Morgan. It's not, you know, yeah. it's, not my, it's not my bag. I'm just trying to do what I can do, the best I can do and let the chips fall where they will, where they may, but but I'm okay with that. And just trying to, you know, again, build something special, meaningful yeah. for me, my family and the team. Yeah. So going back, because I think what what's really core to enabling all this stuff is the fact that that moment, I want to take us back to that moment where you decided to share that story for the first time. Because I'm sure that there's people who are probably hiding in their box a little bit at this moment and might be considering something similar. So what was kind of going through your mind at that time? Like, were you scared? Like, how did that end up working out for you? Yeah, I mean, you're really being vulnerable and you're you're really being exposed, like kind of naked in a way, right? Like, hey, this is who I am, right? And I would have done it if I didn't think it will be, you know, genuinely received, but I didn't know how it would be received, right? I just sort of went on a, on a gut, a feeling. And, but that, it was just about a social media post. It was about a mindset shift. It was like, okay, this, I keep saying the word authentic, you know, I hate to belabor the point, beat a dead horse, but like, this is authentic to me. This is what I'm, I'm putting down my story and it's important to me. And you may not already know this about me. And so, yeah, in, in business, you know, there's a certain advantage to having your story. It's like, you know, I'm going to drill down and 
you know, use that story and tell it to people who, who want to hear it because not everybody does. But again, you know, don't, don't, I would encourage anyone to call, don't downplay your story. Your, your story is so unique and special. I don't care who you are, where you come from, but this space is so competitive. You, you have to do something to stand out. But that for me has been a way to do that. And then, you know, it's not just against social media. It's about newsletter. And it, it's it, my team now knows, my team didn't know that about me. And now it's like, mm -hmm. my God, like, no, no, no idea. And so it's like, they, they know me better. Right. And that maybe creates vulnerability for them. I want them to feel comfortable, to be vulnerable, to share if they want at a team meeting, something about their story. Right. So that's really what, what I'm trying to do here is, you know, create, you know, something special and a little bit different, but yeah, part of it, but it's worth it. And it's tough to take that plunge, but once you do, it's like, you know, you're kind of almost like putting out your, your radio signal there and like the people that want to attune to it can kind of come to it. But I also want to point something out too, because it's like, you know, especially, you know, the more competitive a field is, you always want to, and this is one of my favorite uh, quotes from zero to one by Peter Thiel, just the best companies always act as a monopoly. You don't want to be one of you know, 20 personal injury attorneys that's showing up on the first page of Google that people can potentially go with. Now, if somebody's finding you through some sort of an avenue where you have the bandwidth to communicate that kind of stuff, they want to go with the guy that they resonate with. And it seems like you've done a fantastic job of doing that. And, you know, obviously taking the first step is a big place, but let's talk a little bit more about like those tactics there. So I know we mentioned about the newsletter, but let's talk about the social media, which seems to kind of be the first step. What did it look like when you get started and how's that evolved um, up until today? I mean, honestly, like, sounds like you read a lot of books, right? Zig Ziglar. I read a lot of books too. And so the more you read, the more you, the more ideas obviously you get, right? And I just feel like the more you read, the more success comes your way. And so I, you know, once I put that out there, you know, and that sort of just was like the domino that fell. And then I just started, you know, I have a business you know, social media page, but I'll put inspiring stuff up there. I will put, you know, I will talk about how my, you know, my wife and I, my wife comes from an alcoholic background as well, you know, her dad, right? We talk about how we're, we're living a, a life that we're proud of to raise our kids in very stable environments. We're super proud of that. I'll put that up there, you know, and, you know, some people like it, they don't, but I don't really care if, if it's like, it's like, you know, I'm going to keep showing up and, you know, obviously there's, there's, a, there's, there's advertising about like, I'm trying to spread a message. I am in business, right? And I have a, a large team I need to support. So there's an element of, okay, we want to, we want to obviously grow, get, acquire cases, but at the same time, the right cases. I don't want to have 10,000 people who know me. I want like a thousand raving fans, right? right. Raving fans. That's all you need, Jan, right? Because mm -hmm. they will sing your, you know, praise you. You know, can't think of the right word, but sing your praises. Thank you. Yeah. And I would encourage everyone on the call. Don't try to be everything to everyone, right? Just, you know, really focus on your your core raving fans. Provide the best customer service. Stay in touch with those people. Encourage Ask them for referrals. Make sure they know you want referrals, right? But I've I've said it before, you know, your your list of people who know you, like you, and trust you, that is gold. You know, your list is, is so important. So the more you can grow out your list of people that, you know, know you, like you, and trust you, the better. But yeah, I mean, to go back to your, you know, your question, just uh, putting so I mean, you know, my wife rolls her eyes like, oh God, you know, another Chris Early uh, deep thought at Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I don't blame for saying that, but I am like, if I have something I want to share, I'm just going to put it out. You know, I'm really involved in LinkedIn. You know, I just posted something yesterday. It just, it popped. Like just, it went, you know, for me, for me, it was viral, right? Yeah. And so I have a, a goal this year, not a goal, but it's a, it's, it's going to happen. It's to post once a day on LinkedIn. 
right? Mm -hmm. Post one, one piece of good content. I don't just, you know, diary of the mouth, put something out, something thoughtful, right? If that plays well, it does well. They put on Facebook, Instagram as a story or, you know, Facebook post, something like that, right? We don't have to reinvent the wheel if we have good content. And what I do is with my the story that I told you about, I put out there when I was in that hotel room, it performed well. And so I decided to put money behind it so that it's like, okay, I run that. It's not an ad like, hey, injured a car accident, call me. There's something about personal injury in that post. It's about me. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a website. It says you go to, you know, earlylawgroup.com if you want more, more information. But if someone likes the post, they're encouraged to like the page. That grows the following, right? That grows the whole, you know, our list, right? So we're always trying to compound this compound growth, add to that list. In the most genuine way possible, because I want to attract clients who are easy to deal with, who value good service, who are just, you know, the clients are trying to attract. So that's in a long-winded way, a lot of the stuff we're doing right now. Yeah. I want to dig into that for sure, because it's kind of interesting. I would say, um, and kind of like going back to what you were saying earlier about other industries, you hear the term, the money is in the list, basically everywhere except for legal. And I think lawyers as a whole could probably use to take that advice a bit more. But I would also say even within the realm of lawyers, like personal injury stuff is is not what a lot of people consider. Just because, I mean, it's, it's, it is such a short timeline sometimes. And even when I have seen like what I kind of consider like the more clever marketing for it, it's, it's usually still kind of gearing towards if it's not, you know, if you're injured, if you got injured in the last four, eight hours, call me, but even the people like, oh, hey, cool, here's three things to do after a car accident, or here's how, you know, motorcyclists or truckers or whatever can do something and hope to get that individual person. But you can't talk about it injury prevention for three years in a row right. um, you can talk about yourself and if people are bought into you as opposed to the service that you can provide um it's a completely different connection and I, i'd hazard a guess that the people that uh, like the outcome that you guys are looking to get from that would be more of referrals than you know the instant wham bam thank you ma'am for new clients you know i don't know if you have access to the numbers on this but based on the strategy that you guys have had like what kind of effect has that had on your referrals like as a percentage of your business how many would you how much referrals are like how, how much are referrals i would say well that's we'll keep spinning faster and getting bigger right. like snowball right so, so that tends to trend upwards, right? So we, we just, we just signed up a, a new client yesterday and we have, we use a CRM that pumps out, you know, some email, you know, drip emails. And the second e first email is welcome to the family, you know, welcome to our extended family. We're so happy to have you. We, we appreciate the opportunity to serve you. And the next day there's an email, you know, about my story and email me just this morning saying, holy smokes, thanks for sharing that. Like he was relating to it, right? So mm -hmm. anyway, you you know, relate to people. But in terms of referrals, the whole idea is to, you know, for that for that gentleman who sent that email, it's like to show them we're, we're good people. Now we have to step up and do, you know, now we, we have to provide the service. We have to knock it out of the park. And that's the strategy. Knock it out of the park, give him that, you know, Ritz-Carlton white glove five-star treatment. So then he's a raving fan. And it's, it's legit. Like, I, I want him to actually really like the experience. And it makes me feel good that he has an affinity towards my story. So we're off on the right foot, right? If anything, if a team member drops the ball, doesn't call it back, you know, that's a problem. So always trying to, you know, make sure the client experience is, is on lock, right? Mm -hmm. is, is, is a really good experience there. That's when referrals really pop, but that's a slow slog. That's a slow process. It's easy to throw money on, on excuse me, <laughs> Google and, and get the phone during quickly, but the, the long game with referrals, I think that's where the gold lies. I'm all about attorney referrals. That's why I'm hyper, you know, super active on, on LinkedIn. And I pump out newsletters to clients. I pump out newsletters to attorneys. 
I pump out educational emails to other attorneys. I speak all the time at bar associations. I do podcasts, you know, all the time, just getting out there, right? And just you know, showing up and not asking for anything. There's a good book, and I recommend this book all the time. It's uh, Never Eat Alone, right? Mm -hmm. It's a really good book, another good book, Give and Take. And the author talks about, you know, there's givers, there's takers, there's matchers. I find that the more I put out there, give, contribute without asking for anything in return, the blessings come my way. I'm not asking for that, but the universe does come to you and bring it back to you. It, it's a really, it's an awesome thing I find. Well, I also want to point out too, because it's like, you know, you guys have a pretty big staff at this point. So the success that you've had has legitimately allowed you to provide a better service and just being able to scale in a way that is, you know, better for the client is ultimately better for your guys' bottom line. So it really is, you know, a flywheel, like you say, right? But it's also something interesting you point out, because it's like, I don't tell this story a lot on this podcast, but I had a situation where um, I was, I think, you know, I started out, I was just uh, a marketing freelance dork, pounding the pavement in BNI in Manhattan for a while. It was funny, because I'd see these people who would just do, you know, the most crazy, and they used to keep stats in my chapter about how many coffee meetings people would have like back in the day. And it was crazy that what these guys would do and you know drive across town to just be top of mind. But I mean, you really can't deny that that stuff works because in the moment, it's like, you know, every single person that read an email from you in the past week or saw a post of yours or something, it's like, you know, that's another, you know, set of ears and eyes that's open to people who have a need for it. And it's also kind of interesting too, especially with, you know, with, with personal injury, you know, all the stuff that happens is on contingency, like the best referral that you, the best you could do for a referral is just do a great job of what you're doing anyways, right? I think that's kind of like the highlight. It's it's not like the, and I, I am super anti-BNI at this point, which is like, you know, the quid pro quo approach is not really, you know, it's kind of a dead end. But if yep. you can have the situation where the strength of the referral is how good you can do for that person, then you'll never want for referrals again, right? And that's, you know, that's what people can trust. I hear you. I mean, I'm not a scorekeeper. If I send an attorney, you know, five cases, I'm not going to call and say, hey, you know, what's going on here? What, what are we doing? No, I mean, I'd love the referral, right? But if the attorney doesn't give it to me, and but, but that's okay. So last year, I had a goal to meet 75 lawyers, just have coffee with 75 new lawyers I never met before. I think I met like 55, right? But that's like, that's just, you know, laying the groundwork because that's going to generate business, right? Mm. Because I'm going to show up and send them a newsletter, send them a, an, an email, but none of this is asking for referrals. I don't, I don't go on LinkedIn and post about, you know, what you have after a car accident or how to prevent a slip and fall. I did that years ago. That stuff is just boring lawyers. Stuff. Yeah. I think about how I scale my business and like, I'm in a, you know, a couple masterminds. I have a coach and I share, you know, insight and wisdom that I have gathered. And I try to get, because I like geeking out on the business of law. I, I like running the business more than I do practicing law. So what my, my whole model, Jan, is, you know, hire good people, create systems and get out of their way and let them run and make money and, and have a good life and not work crazy hours. That's my idea of success. But, you know, referral, I'm a big believer in the long game, you know, meeting people, not asking for things, not, it's not about you. It's about the other person and you will, it'll come to you, but you have to be patient. This is a, it's a very, this is a patient, you know, a long <laughs> waiting yeah. game, but keep going every day, do something, right? Do, I mean, today I just, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a, an actual like legit book about my story, like 500 pages, you know, every other day, right? Or 250 pages or whatever, just building a flywheel before you know it, you have a book, before you know it, you have hundreds of LinkedIn posts, before you know it, you have, you know, tens of tens of newsletters, right? You know, if I can just, anybody can. I mean, this isn't hard. This isn't complicated. It's, it's hard, but it's not complicated. It just requires 
just wanting to do it and actually getting it done, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's also the true, like the consistent effort is really what kind of seems like it's been pushing for this strategy and this kind of strategy as a whole, I'd say. And like, honestly, consistency is really hard to come by in this day and age. We've got more stuff than ever that's trying to like knock us off the heap. So, you know, I'm sure it wasn't easy when you got started either, right? Like, you know, getting to the point where it's it's probably harder for you not to do something on a given day than it is to do it, right? No, man, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, I just, but this isn't like, you know, rocket science, brain surgery. I mean, this is just about showing up, giving people value, doing good work to your clients, you know, appearing frequently in front of your referral sources and being a good person is not aspirating. You're actually, you're actually putting good value out there. People appreciate that. We keep talking about this flywheel, right? Jim Collins, good to great, this flywheel. That's my philosophy. Keep that baby moving. And yeah. I believe things come, you know, for sure. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. So, you know, you're getting a ton of client referrals, which is fantastic. Do you guys do any sort of paid advertising, traditional online, anything at all? Did you guys ever do that at so many places? And how do you kind of see that fitting into the big picture as a whole? Yeah, I think you have to spend some money. You're only going to grow so much, you know, organically with referrals. I think you need a shot in the arm. And that's what, you know, Google Ads can do, right? So we, mm-hmm. we upped our Google Ads budget this year because I know what it takes to acquire a case. Acquire a lead, acquire a wanted lead, assigned case, right? All that. So I know the, the, the money math is there. So I know what I have to spend. So, you know, we're spending about 20%. Um, nice. But, but you need to spend some money, right? Again, but Google Ads, you know, I think you should have someone doing that who knows what they're doing. I did it for years, but then more and more lawyers came into the space and I realized I have to outsource this to an agency, right? You know, but I think Google ads can be a terrific, you know, money suck if you don't know what you're doing. So you can't just like put your foot in the water. You got to know what you're doing, especially in the PI space when clicks are a couple. Oh, yeah. You lose your shit fast. Well, it's crazy because it's like, and I think there's there's always platforms that are coming out that are kind of the same thing. And, you know, if it comes in, when it's unknown and there's people who make money, a lot of people will lose money because there's a lot of platforms that go nowhere. But, you know, you can be sure that once it's a, it's a good thing and people know about it, it's going to get harder and harder to compete. But what's kind of interesting, especially I think like when you, when people have a practice like yours where there's a lot of referrals, it's like you're not just getting that one case. You're probably getting two, three, four, five in the next couple of years. And I don't, do you guys ever keep stats on like your average referrals per per client or anything like that? Really good question. No, but I'm going to start to now because I think that's data you should be able to to, to have, right? It's it's kind of interesting. I, I heard about this first and this was something that used to get talked about a lot in like um just like the startup world for like SaaS and stuff. But I think they call it the viral coefficient. But yeah, it's like when you get to the point where each additional user is going to refer like 1.1 users, then you know, you've got again another flywheel that's kind of getting like ramping up. But it's the same thing for referral-based practice, and people might not even realize it because again, PI is is like probably the most extreme case here. But the thing is, it's like if you've got a process and you know, say that you got to pay $200 per call and you're closing one in five, you're paying $1,000 per client. Well, you know, you can afford to get a lot more out there potentially. And this is how all the big dogs really scale. If you know that that's not really, you know, a $5,000 case, that's really five $5,000 cases. And that's kind of what like a lot of the non-traditional or like, I guess just outside a lot of people do. That's what people do with upsells and backends and all this kind of stuff too. And you, we got to get creative in the legal field, but we can kind of leverage that math in the same way. And referrals are such an integral part of that. Absolutely. I mean, all right, you spend, say, $500 to acquire a, a client from Google, right? Like you said, let's think about the long game. Is it, you know, if, if that client comes back to you in five years, they had another accident or their cousin in three years, right? 
that cost goes less and right it becomes more and more profitable that initial mm -hmm. spend, right so you got to spend some money you can't be cheap if you're trying to scale and grow you got to spend a buck but yeah. i'm trying to marry you know the the spending a buck with like you know real kind of grassroots stuff too so it's a kind of a holistic you know kind of s synergy happening here uh, just as as many as many lines of the water as possible um yeah. something work man we're oh, man i'm failing like all the time and i'm frustrated i'm like oh my god why is that working why aren't we growing fast enough but these like you said patience is important you got to be patient and you got to keep at it and that's probably my 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 one skill in life is keeping at it right if you're able to keep at it the stick to itness i think you can you can really get stuff done and frankly if you can't stick to it hire someone who can if you have yeah. awesome if you're like a visionary, whatever, you have awesome ideas, you're like, I just can't get the work done. Hire someone who can. You don't have to do it. You know, you shouldn't be doing all this, frankly. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, I got to say, too, because it's you know, for anyone who's thinking about not doing stuff because referrals are so good. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised because of how big you guys have gotten. But, you know, you guys are the last people who need to be committing 20% of your budget towards Google Ads. You guys are doing it. And one of the things I've always found super interesting, and like, I guess this is sort of anyone who has the like a very strong referral based practice is that referrals are good, but there is sort of, I mean, if you kind of imagine like visualizing a network, right? I think what's very exciting about integrating advertising into a practice that has strong referrals is that that could be a potential node, like way across the city that doesn't know anyone that you know. And that can really ramp up in a completely different way than people who, you know, if you get the brother, then the cousin, then the grandma, <laughs> you know, at some point yeah. they're going to run out of people, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, you get right. this kind of fresh blood and it's it's a different direction that the, that the, the pool can really go in. Absolutely. 100%. Let's keep on adding people into the into the mix here, right? It's a numbers game. Everyone knows a couple hundred people. But like you said, everyone know, only knows so many people, right? You can only scale mm -hmm. it so much. So more people, the better. They know a lot of people. So the math is very favorable, right? But you got to mm -hmm. do, do good work. You got to have a lot of good reviews. I mean, it took years. I mean, it's just getting started here, man. You know, but mm -hmm. it's hard work. It's hard as hell. But I think it's worth it. But anyone on this call is, you know, getting discouraged. You know, I speak that language, man. I I started practice at nothing. I had nothing. And and just, you know, grinding and, and building. Just don't stop. Just don't, you know, just bust your ass, man. You know? Yeah. Okay. One last thing, just to get like a little tackle. 500 reviews is a very, very impressive amount. And I've asked a couple of different people what they think about it. And everyone has a different answer. So I'm always curious about it. When do you guys ask for reviews? And how do you think about that? All the time. All the time. The worst they can say is no. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So I encourage, right. intake. you know, well, we've changed the name from intake now to new client specialist. So I, you know, our receptionist, she's a director of first impressions. I encourage them to ask the reviews. I don't care if you just call and we can't help you. We referred you to bar association because it just, we don't know many lawyers that can provide value to you. We can ask for a review and we can ask for review at any point, right? Because we're just, you know, what, what's been your experience with our office and, I find the best, the most optimal time is when the demand package is sent. You say, you know, hey, John, we just sent your demand package. We should have an offer in 30 days. That's a good time. The client is, is pretty, pretty excited about that. And also at the time of settlement, right? When the, when the case actually settles, but there's no bad time. You know, even if a client doesn't engage us, it's totally fine. Hey, listen, if you had a good experience on the phone, if we were, if we performed your standards, right? Whether we did or not, would you please give us feedback online? We appreciate that. That means a lot. So I believe that's how we got so many reviews. We ask all the time at every stage of the process. So you got to ask or else you're not going to get. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. I really appreciate that tip. Yeah. And um, yeah, just uh, looks like we're kind of getting towards the end of time though. So um, I've been really enjoying this conversation, but for, you know, what's a, what's a good way to get in your world for anyone who's interested in, you know, kind of adopting your strategy or talking to you or anything like that. I appreciate you. All right. So anyone can email me. My email is 
Uh, the letter C for Chris, followed by my last name, early, E-A-R-L-E-Y, at earlylawgroup.com. See early at earlylawgroup.com. Just make sure you spell it E-A-R-L-E-Y. And I like, as I said before, I like to talk about this stuff. I enjoy this stuff. If you want to talk about the business of law, running a practice, any you know anything and everything to do with the business of law, running a practice, I'd love to talk to you. Call me. Email me. Can I get my cell? Is that okay? Or yeah, go for it. My cell is 617-956-2501. Again, 617-956-2501. Don't be a stranger. I'd love to hear from you. Let's chat and hopefully help each other grow. Okay. Chris, it's been an awesome conversation, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks again. And then for everybody else, I'll see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you, Jan. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.